Hey, hey, it is another edition of Realities May Vary, the podcast that does whatever it wants. I'm Brian Noonan with me again, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, Cody Goff. What do we got on tap today, Cody? In that order. Hi, Brian Noonan, host. Hey, I'm Cody. Here's what we're talking about today. Uh, Brian has some good, exciting news about broadcasting, which is exciting. Describe it as that. Then I'm going to talk about why I hate people. And uh, then Brian's going to talk about why he hates people. Very positive. And a then lot Brian's, of hate. Then Brian, Brian's going to talk about a terrible dream he had. Then I got to talk about uh, the Consumer Electronics Show CES, but not, probably not what you're thinking. I'm not talking about technology. I'm going to be talking about porn stars. So buckle up for that. And then uh, I watched a great 80s movie that uh, could be fun to do a little recap of. A little Gremlins 2 20 nice. years later, 30, 40 years later, long time later, post-mortem. But I don't, first, we have our 30-second, 90-minute check-in. I'm just going to open up this uh, thing that I just completely covered with my hand on the camera. Totally That's useless. horrible product placement. Thank you. This is Revolution Brewing's Death by Currents. Ooh. It's like their Death Star, but it has currents. I don't know what a current is. Back to you, Brian. All right. I'm having a little red wine tonight uh, because I swallowed uh, dinner really fast in the previous 20 minutes between getting off the air in one venue and getting back out in another, which I am excited to do. Um, yeah. So the check-in, everything's great. I, uh, here's a quick, uh, quick check-in. I hung with royalty last night, including royalty that you and I were both acquainted with because yesterday real quick, I had the privilege of hosting the Chicago St. Patrick's day parade queen contest. And when I did, there were a lot of former queens there. And I did a little thing in the middle where I was out, like Phil Donahue. I had a wireless mic and I was walking through the crowd while stuff was going on upstage in order to keep the audience engaged. And I was talking to a number of former queens. And one of them, uh, I can't remember her last name. Her first name was Erin. We had her on the air with us in 2016 when she was a 2016 queen. If you remember the show where we both wore our kilts and the... Shannon Rovers were there and the queen was there. That was, I got to see her yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, you look so familiar. When were you the queen? I think I had you on with us at WGN. When were you the queen? She said 2016. And I said, yes. And she's like, I remember. So that was fun. We got to see our good friend, Catherine O'Connell, who is also a former queen. She prefers to say old queen, but I don't like throwing that, uh, that moniker around. She was the queen in 1976. So that was fun. And uh, congratulations to the new queen, uh, Casey Doherty, who is now the 2023 St. Patrick's Day Parade queen. And I got to wear a tux and I had I brought a new Celtic bow tie for the occasion. And it was uh, it was lovely. So now I am doing that. And then I am doing their next week, the corned beef and cabbage dinner. So I'm firmly, firmly entrenched with Plumbers Local 130 and the Chicago St. Patrick's Day Parade Committee. Way to go. Yeah. It's what you get when you have uh, unmarketable talents. <laughs> talents that are there. People recognize them. Just nobody's – well, I shouldn't say nobody's willing to pay for them. These people are. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was very exciting to be part of it. It was. I don't know how these women do it because it it's very stressful. It goes from 40 to 30 to 20 to 5, and then it's like one of them becomes the queen. And the other 35 are executed. That's what makes it that's what makes it really tough. And that does seem a little extreme, but well, it's a big deal. 
to be the St. Patrick's Day Parade Queen. And if you don't measure up, you're out. Yeah. No, I felt I'm glad I wasn't a judge. I'm glad I'm just me doing my goofy, you know, intros and directions and goofing around with the crowd. Every woman who gave their, you know, their little spiel about who they were, they all had more impressive resumes than the last. Now, there were a couple of high school girls who, for high school girls, were very accomplished. But I was like, okay, these girls probably won't make it through only because they have a lot of years they can keep trying. You know? Mm-hmm. And they're young and they haven't accomplished quite what some of the older women have done. Because you can be, I think, 18 to 28 is the uh, is the range. Right. And you can keep going in as many times as you want. So that's it. So I hobnobbed with royalty yesterday. So there's my, I know it went a little longer than 30 seconds, but there was my big check-in. Yeah. What are you talking oh, the, about? The Shannon Rovers, I got to tell you, the Shannon Rovers do not let me buy a drink. I, the Shannon Rovers love me. I love the Shannon Rovers. The Shannon Rovers love me back. Wow. They, they, yeah. Because uh, we hobnob here. We hobnob at the Hall of Fame and the Heritage Center. And, uh, you know, and they know my admiration for them. So I walked into this bar afterwards. And, you know, people are, I'm talking to different people. And the Shannon Rovers are, what are you drinking? And then I walked out another, before I could even get the first pint, another Rover, what are you drinking? So I was backed up a couple pints of Guinness. What's it like to go outside and see people? It's weird, man. It's weird. Yeah. Is that why I'm guessing you don't like that anymore? No, I like that. I just don't really get the opportunity to. Well, you have a newborn. I do. So newborns, as much as they're lovely and we, you know, we're, we celebrate their births, they're an albatross around your neck. (laughs) They don't grant you the freedom that you may have had. Even with even with a toddler, you have a little more freedom than with a newborn. Oh man! See, I think it's the opposite. I think I have more freedom with a newborn than with a toddler because the toddler is the one that like has a specific nap time and like has a will, has his own will power. Uh, But you can leave the toddler with people. Like you could you you've dropped your son off with us, and then you've been able to go on about and and do fun things. A newborn is much harder to go. Hey, can you take care of this little blob of humanity that really, uh, you know, is very high maintenance, very very high maintenance, as they should be because they're new. Well, for very short periods of time, you know, give them a couple bottles of of breast milk. You know, they got pumped out, and uh, you know, just tell them, hey, feeder and holder. You know. (laughs) <laughs> Which a lot of people like the newborn thing. I don't know. People do like. Compar- oh, I'm not saying people don't like newborns. Mm. It's a, most people if they don't have newborns, it's a little more stressful. Because like with your son, he can at this age now he can kind of communicate what's up. Mm-hmm. No books, no milk. We get it. I understand. <laughs> See, I understand that when he tells me that. When he tells me I want to play with trucks, I'm down. Let's go. A baby is just pink and wrinkly and going. And I don't know if she pooped. I don't know if she's hungry. I don't know if she needs to be burped. I. It's just a little no. more stressful. At this stage, she either wants to uh, eat or she wants to be burped because the amount of poop that's been on her body that she does not care at all. <laughs> she couldn't care less. Like, I mean, we'll open her and it's just like, oh, this, you should have changed you more than this. And yet... <laughs> Here you are, just like kind of passed out, you know, looking around, like not able to focus on anything. Look at that ceiling. Oh, it's the most fascinating thing I've ever seen. 
ah, with a mouth hanging open and, you know, just kind of kicking around and just like basically like taking a bath in a sewer down there. It's just, it's (laughs) just that she's not gotten to the point where that's uncomfortable. Neither is my son who we are potty training and by potty training. Still not done? I thought that was, I thought you'd started that a while ago. No, his favorite thing is to sit on the potty for an hour, it seems like. And then stand up and say, I'm all done. And then pull up his underwear and then take five steps and then pee. And then not care. Like sounds like an old man. I mean, that sounds, it sounds like what goes on in my bathroom. The idea was, uh, you know, get him underwear, not pull-ups. Cause then if he pees in his underwear, it'll be uncomfortable. Yes. Turns out that's not true. That's not true at all. It's not true that it's not comfortable or he doesn't care no and no he does not care he we has pooped in his underwear and walked around for it for an hour and the big loser there (laughs) is the parents that have to smell it he couldn't care less he's he's we're just like you want to change your diaper no okay this is going great potty training is i knew this going into parenting probably it's got to be the worst part of parenting yeah you know it's been so long i don't remember (laughs) Um, and I don't want to equate your son or any child with animals. Uh, it's one of the hardest parts of when you get a new pet. Um, they're all mammals. They are all mammals. You could do, you, you could do what we do with the dogs and just say potty for bedtime and let them walk outside bare ass naked at, before he goes to bed and see if he'll just squat down in the bushes. Well, I would do that, but, uh, can't it's see cold. the temperature. Right. It's 47 yeah, it's degrees. Too, that's too cold for a toddler to go outside to poop. <laughs> So what are did, did you read? Any, are there books? Are there articles? Did you watch a YouTube how-to? What do you you know? What are you doing? We're, we're oh, doing it. Gina says it took peer pressure for my son to be potty trained. Uh, it was in preschool with my daughter. We went commando. The whole living room was covered with plastic for a day, and then she got it. I think yeah. it took one of my brothers, maybe number three, a long time to be potty trained. So one of my friends. A couple of my high school friends were talking, and one of them said, here's what you do. You wait till they're three. They can talk. They can communicate. You just tell them, here's how you pee. You show them how to do it, and then they do it. And in like a week, they're full. They're fully done. Versus my other friend who started when they said it was just over two, maybe a little under two and a half. And, you know, it takes like months, right? Yeah. So there are a couple of schools of thought. I think it's becoming a little more acceptable for parents to start much later because the process becomes much shorter. Right. Yeah. Like if I could start at two and a half and it takes five months or start at three and it takes a week, that's a right. lot less. It's the same amount of time. I mean, you're ending at the, basically the same time. Yeah. The, the project is completed, but you didn't have to go through, you know, all the crazy. But you don't haven't you had one of those little potties in your downstairs bathroom for a while? We have for a while. It was kind of because I used it when I was over just for fun. I remember like, that. Thank you for not emptying it. By the way, that was uh, that was that horrific. Was, you, your son actually gave me. Your son actually gave me a car. It was a cover up. He's like, "Listen, uh, fill this up for me. There's a matchbox in it for you." And I was like, "I haven't had a matchbox in a while, so you know." That way, I figured he was like, "It'll get him off my back." Yeah, and I, I said, "I don't know if I could pass for two years old." He goes, well, "What'd you have for dinner? We got to do a whole thing." And he was willing to take the risk. Well, risk was taken. Anyway, uh, it's been in there for a while. At first, it was ornamental. 
It was just to get him used to the idea of there being potty in there. Sure. Then we started, but then we stopped when we had his daughter, his sister, my daughter. Uh, <laughs> when, we had, when we had my daughter. Had a daughter? That's wild. Because apparently, like, it can be kind of traumatic for the kid, and it's destabilizing. So you just we just stopped for, like, a month, and now we're doing it again. It's There are a lot of... We've been... I mean, most of my wife's in charge of it. We've been reading books, and there's different articles and stuff. And I think what we're doing is fine. Like... There is a type of way you do it where you just kind of commit to doing it for like a week or two. Yeah. And the first few days are going to be a nightmare. But we're in that first few days, so it just feels annoying. But uh, well, how do we get on this? How do we get on this topic? Oh, we were uh, talking about my daughter just pooping all the time. Anyway, I think newborns are easy to watch. And apparently what I found is some parents are like into different phases of their kids. So like, um, like uh, my sister's got some friends and the... The dad is just kind of like super hands off with the with the baby, but it really? doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that he's always going to be super hands off. Maybe it's that like he just you know the baby thing, the tiny baby thing, isn't his jam. Or I agree, it's unacceptable either way. But comparatively, <laughs> like maybe he'll be really engaged and like play sports and teach him how to catch and like constantly play with him when he's like five, or he's drop him not... off at college and say goodbye. Or drop them off at college and say goodbye. Right? But, like, you know, there's apparently some parents are kind of into one or the other. I am learning that really? I'm super into the newborn phase. Oh. Well, I love that's it. That's good that you have one then. Yeah. So you don't infantilize your toddler. Mm-hmm. Mm. That what, makes, what makes the newborn phase so appealing to you? They're just simple. They're cuddly. They're cute. They make the cutest little sounds. Like all the little sounds are cute. You know, she'll like, we'll bundle her up and she'll sleep for like all day. And then like unbundle her. And then she just does this big stretch and then like rolls. And then it's like, <laughs> and just like all these like farting sounds. And it's just really funny, uh, you know, and then she's like, <clears throat> you know, and it's, I don't know. It's, it's adorable. But see, if you came in to wake me up and I did the exact same things you're describing, you would not find it cuddly and adorable. No, that'd be, that'd be, you'd be kicked out. You'd be banned. Yeah. It'd be banned. But like, I can do, like, I literally could have her in a baby backpack right now on my chest and just do the whole show and she'd be asleep, just like yeah. snuggling the whole time. It's great. it's great. Yeah, I don't know. I, the baby, I, I wasn't like the person you were describing. I was very involved. And the baby phase is cool, but it was a little more nerve-wracking because they're so fragile. Mm. And uh, so that, that you know, you got to be very careful. I like, I liked all the phases. Well, not uh, puberty was not. And, and with a girl, it was different. Um, that I didn't care for. But, uh, you know, the toddler phase when they're just walking and starting to communicate and you see their personality. Like, your son has a personality. And your daughter will have a personality. Now her personality is sleeping and farting, like you said, which mm -hmm. is not bad. Those are two good things on the resume. But your son has a personality now, so it's kind of fun. Yes. It's, uh, you know, they you can interact a little more. Um, they can tell. I, I like when they can tell you if something is wrong, you know, because I don't want to guess. Like, I mm -hmm. don't want to. That that makes me uncomfortable. So, like, now as a, as an older guy. I like kids who are a little more able to let me know if something, what they're enjoying and if what hurts, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> what hurts. Ah! So that part I like. That's good.
Well, because, you know, if a kid just starts crying, why are you crying? Yeah. You know, and, and when they can't tell you, it's like, oh, I got to go through a litany of things and try out different experiments to find out if this is why you're crying. And if you could just tell me, we could fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so like your son can tell me now. He doesn't want milk or books. I okay, I'm down. Let's go. No milk, no books. <laughs> no milk, no books. I uh quick story about him. Last night, uh my, my wife keeps her uh her like breast pumping equipment like at the kitchen table. Um she does like once a day just so we get a little supply, you know. And yeah. well, uh that's where you eat. You keep I, it in the kitchen. I like made something in the kitchen. I walk in and my son is sitting there <laughs> with both of the cups up to his chest. <laughs> And he hits the button and it turns on. Oh, God. And I go, what are you doing, bud? He goes, I'm pumping. And I was like, oh, what are you pumping? He's like, I'm food for the baby. I was like, oh, <laughs> is it, is it, uh, what kind of food is it? He's like, it's milk. And I was like, oh, is it warm milk? He's like, no, it's hot milk. And I was like, okay. <laughs> He's dead serious wow. the whole time. It was Listen, a, I it was like a, that he wants to help feed his sister. I like that he wants to take care of her. Oh. You know, I, I would be, nothing came out. Well, his shirt was on, so that would have been. Oh, whoo, thank God. All right, good. He, that shows you, he, that kid is observant. You got to mm -hmm. be careful. He's watching everything. He's listening to everything. But he did it again the next day with his shirt off and a car came out. Well, maybe there's cars and trucks in there. You know, his theory. I told Debbie the story about Christmas. She couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Could not stop laughing. She was like, of course he wanted cars and trucks. Mm. All right. Why do you hate people? I'm in a better mood now, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I came, I came in not happy uh, with life um, today. So I'm happy with life. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, I'm not, I'm not enjoying the being on the job market. Okay. It's, it's not a, uh, it's not a fun place to be. No, it is very unforgiving. It is. Uh, it seems to have a lot of unnecessary hurdles. And uh, can you share an example, a vague example? Yeah, I was texting my friends about this. So it seems. So let me preface this by like, basically, all the jobs I'm coming across are require hyper specialization for like seven plus years. So yeah. in, my, in my last job, I was like a director level, right? So I'm right. I'm like uh, up there. I've, I was on the executive team, right? Yes. I was a stone's throw from being a VP. I should have been a VP. I was doing the work of a VP, but uh, I wasn't, right? Fine. So I'm director level, right? So I'm looking at that kind of level job or yeah. at least senior manager. Uh, well, you know, I go in. So I have a lot of transferable skills. Um, I'm a very good writer. I'm a very good uh, for various formats, social media, audio, uh, video scripts, right? And writing, right? Just straight yes. writing, content, any any kind of writing you need. Um, so that's But you like, have a portfolio. I have a portfolio. That's like the most important thing you can do, right? Is be like a very good writer and communicator, right? right? I also have like all the soft skills, all the like empathy, uh, I'm like just relatability, like leading with empathy, all that stuff. So, so I've got this like broad skill set that is, very like customizable and kind of like pick and choose what you want me to do and focus on. I'm like, I'll go do it and I'll crush it. And I've always crushed it at every job I've ever had. Right. So come on, there'd be some like senior manager job. It's like content manager. I'm like, okay, what does that mean? Yeah. It means I'm managing content. Okay, fine. Yeah, so you've it turns, done that. 
Right. So it turns out humility don't have any of that, Craig. So uh, just throw it in the chat. None of that. No, that's the one hey, thing. Craig back know. in the U.S. of A. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. If I, don't know if I almost are you sending us messages from another land, Craig? Or are you back in the USA? Every time I feel like calling Craig, I'm just like, man, I should call Craig right now. I'd love to talk to him. It's always during his radio show. I don't know what it is. It's a curse. Well, he can jump on. He's got the link. He's just... welcome. <laughs> As of today, welcome back. Welcome back so, to the U.S. So, like, I go to, like, content manager, and it'll be like, uh, and, you know, fine. Okay, I'm overqualified. It's a step down. But it'll be, like, eight-plus years writing B2B copy and consumer retail must have been for a major food brand with consumer packaged good experience. Something like that. Like, literally. Okay, <laughs> so you want someone that's been doing the job for, like, a decade? The same job. The same really? job. Right. Really? And, um... And I'll say the science backs up. That's actually dumb and bad and stupid. There's a book called Range by David Epstein that talks about how the most successful people have like a variety of skills and like they come from different backgrounds versus like a hyper specialized person. Uh, it, it's like it's like uh, my college professors that were like, why would you just like graduate high school and come study theater? Like theater is about communicating life experiences. If your whole life experience is theater, that's no good. You want right. to like go do something else and then come over and bring that experience ideally. Um, so anyway, it's, it's frustrating. And Gina nailed it in the chat. Job searches are soul crushing and they are because like, I have, I have like, I know the humility thing was a joke, but like, I literally have crushed every job I've had, like overperformed top performer. Like I've had an upward steady upward trajectory of promotions within and in between jobs ever is that since. since you left gn is that what you're talking about <laughs> wgn i was perfectly happy where i was <laughs> hanging out with you drinking beer and uh going yeah, that to wasn't theater. bad we had a good we had a good deal no, that, was, um, that was okay with that but it's it, so, but anyway oh, well the problem is and you you would know this better than me and you touched on it i think it's dumb that all the resume stuff is done by these keywords you know because yeah. if somebody looks at your resume or would look at my resume or Craig's, if we were looking at something outside of, of this, we do have a lot of transferable skills, but they're in a lot of different places. But if you're smart, you look at somebody like you and go, this job is perfect. He, he can do this job, you know, just because he didn't have that on his business card last time doesn't mean he can't manage content. Mm -hmm. You know, he, you know, he won awards for his writing and his podcasting. He's done this. He's been a, a team leader. I, I think he could probably write some B2B copy. Right. I think that, you know, how hard is it? Uh, you know, I talk for hours and hours at a time in an engaging manner. I could probably write a slug line for something, you know, uh, but it's, that's not the title you had. That wasn't, it wasn't spelled out directly on your resume. So we can't take, we can't take a risk. Well, that would be dumb. Well, and the like eight years B2B copywriting. Okay. Let's pause on that. I was a social media manager and did a lot of other uh, blog writing and ghost writing and editing for a management consulting firm for three years. So like, how much, how much more do I need? Like, really? Like, <laughs> would, would an extra really? five, like three years of my life, I just did BDB communications. And in fact, I don't know if, if you've been online right now, a lot of people, are, there's some buzz because people are arriving at the World Economic Forum annual meeting in yes. Davos right now. Correct. Uh, yeah, I was at Davos five years ago on site 
giving social media and editorial support to the senior partners. I was the only person on the global marketing team sent to Davos. How long were you there? Eight oh, years? Oh, you know, I was only there for like four years, pulling like 20 hour days. So sorry. Uh, yeah. Oh, too See, bad. If I had moved to Davos and opened an Airbnb where people could stay when they go skiing. You sounded like you might have been the guy, but then we did the time check. And, yeah. yeah. You know, we have found that in years five through eight, that's when people really hit their stride. Right. So, yes, you've put in four years, but that's, you know, it's 10,000 hours. You've heard the old cliche. You need 10,000 hours. Ah, that's right. That's right. And you can't that's get right. that in less than eight years. Man. You know, you can't. <laughs> You got to make sure you have it. I, I've changed my resume so many times. I've given up. I like there's no, I you know, customize it for the job. Hey, here's what I've done. Here's what I can do. If you can't see it, we're probably not a good fit anyway. And that's, you know, because you get tired of it after a while. It's like forget mm -hmm. it. I got the, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I'm with I'm you. All right. Well, good luck. I know you're going to, but you're still in your pocket, right? You're still in, this was when you were supposed to be on paternity leave from uh, the horrible job that uh, treated you like garbage. Yeah, that place was awful. So, but tomorrow, tomorrow it'll be three months. Oh, that's it. I, you're done. You need a job now. I Well, I know. Well, uh, no, three months since I was fired, not since my daughter oh, was right. born. I was going to say there's a, I know where there's an open job for like a, uh, they call it a contact director, but it's basically a program director gig. Oh, I like program directors. Where yeah, is if it? If you want to run a, it's uh, I'll tell you after. Ooh, let's go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, it, it, anyway, uh, the reason I'm talking about all this is not going to yes. be all woe is me. I don't want to be a big downer on the podcast, but like, I think in today's economy, it's important that, uh, I don't know. I just like, hopefully it's refreshing for somebody to hear, like, I'm also going through this. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure no one's happy to hear that. But like, um, if you're like me, uh, listen to Brian and say, keep your chin up. Don't listen to me and be like, oh, it's really miserable because it sucks. Oh, like, no, I was the other way. I just said I was done. I wasn't changing my resume oh. anymore. No, li listen to Cody and keep trying. Uh, I've I've thrown in the towel. It's over for me. We've mm. all you know, we all know that. But um, I'm just too stubborn to to accept it. Yeah. But Cody is still in the prime of his prime of his uh life as far as jobs are career well, it, wise it's uh it's really emasculating to just get I, canned and then not have people respond or just the, the not, automatic you know yeah the the not getting any response i think is the worst uh it's like especially when it's because i i'm sure you this is you. You're not applying for every job. You're applying for specific jobs that you are exceptionally qualified for. Mm -hmm. And then to not hear anything back. And like with me, sometimes I'll apply for something that I know or I have in the past that, that I know based on the job, this would be perfect. I'm the guy. And then when I, then you hear nothing back and you're like, what the what? And you then, like a month later, you see the same posting. It's like, wait, you still haven't hired anybody? But you couldn't even you couldn't even ask? There's a company in Chicago that runs some podcast racket where they're, they're hiring people to be podcast interviewers who interview, like, business people for BNC Yes, I stuff. saw that. 
I have applied for it twice and both times got auto-rejected within a day. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're the guy who won awards for your science podcast and I, you can't, you can't get it on some Ponzi scheme recording B2B podcast and, and ran a B2B podcast production company literally yes. ran it. And, uh, you know, I put the top salary, which is like 30 plus an hour, which is I'm worth more than that. But yes. like, maybe it's like, they just, they're just like, Oh, if you want more than 30, you're out fine. But like, why? Right. How about right. a reason? Like, sorry, you know, I think recruiters should have to say like, sorry, you're the, you're outside of this, or we're looking for this. It's always, this or, vague... sorry, you're too scary for, we, you're way too qualified for this <laughs> or, yeah, or something, yeah, um, anything, anything. The, the worst was, and I'm going to, I'm going to name names. The university of Chicago posted oh. this job for an uh, assistant director of the podcast network. Right. I was literally perfect for it. Uh, I applied 12 hours after it was posted. By the following Tuesday, they had, it was like a Friday. The following Tuesday or Wednesday, they removed the post. I'm like, okay. So, uh, okay, they're calling me in for an interview. I know, right? So I snoop, I followed up with a couple people, didn't hear anything. And then, uh, I checked the LinkedIn profile of a guy that I know works in that department. So this job was posted in, I want to say, like maybe just let's say it was posted in December. I go to his LinkedIn. And lo and behold, his new title is assistant director of the podcast network. Great. But his start date was, was the month before it was November. So the Wait university just posted it because they like had to post it or whatever, had but they had, but they had already given him the job and that pisses me off. And I know there's some places there's laws where you got to do it. Some companies have policies you got to do. Are, yes. I say go pound sand. Uh, and if you're an HR, shame on you. And I hope you feel bad about yourself because you're a bad person and what you're doing is bad. I had that a few years ago. There was a job and it was uh, politically connected, let's say. And I saw the ad and the posting and it was perfect. It was, I was like, oh my God. And I talked to somebody I know who was very well connected in politics they also agreed. Oh my God! You yes, send send your uh, resume, and we are going to talk to somebody. A couple of days later, they call back. Yeah, they had already hired somebody, like you said, a month before, but they were legally obligated to post the job. <laughs> what the f okay, all right, thank you. That's fine. That's all right. So you hate people because they're disingenuous and unresponsive and emasculating. Yeah, and wrong, right? Like wrong. I said, yeah. science says people like me with a highest skill set that's not specialized would necessarily do better. Yes. I don't need a CPG background to walk into a CPG job, pick up all the stuff, learn it, uh, learn how to write for it or whatever in a month and, right. you know, off to the races. My first social media job at a marketing firm, I... I got hired to be a social media specialist and I really only had experience in YouTube. The first month I was there, I read every article on the internet, basically about social media marketing. I became a pro and I crushed it at that job for like two years within like right. two to three weeks, because I was just like, this is what I got to learn to skill up anyway. Uh, yeah. Don't uh, be emasculated. I am networking. Thanks for asking Gina. I've talked to four CEOs of um, four to six CEOs of small companies, small businesses, uh, I have reached out to a bunch of old contacts. Um, I have talked to several people that I know that know recruiters. 
they're just not specialized in like they'll be like IT recruiters, which is not my yeah. uh, specialty. Um, I I am networking. I will continue to network and network some more. Problem is that a lot of the people I network with, you know, uh, I used to work at Warner Brothers Discovery. Guess who's laid off everyone? Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers Discovery. <laughs> yep. Like, well, you know what? Am I, I'm not trying to throw shade at them. That's just the way. No, it is. it's just that. Yeah, that's the way it is. Uh, you know, it was like, like when Molly was in when Molly was in New York. She she had interned for Conan twice. She had gone to the road. She had worked for Conan for a while. Well. Then all of a sudden she was going to look for, she was thinking of going back to LA and she was going to reach out to the friends she knew at Conan. Well, that was when Conan went from, uh, went down to the one hour, one hour once a week. So like half his staff was got laid off and she was like, uh, yeah, all the people I don't work there anymore. It's like, oops. Yeah. You know? So, uh, it's rough, man, but you're, you listen, you'll, um, you do have a lot of skills and you will bounce back. Thanks. And if you're listening and you're hiring, you know somebody hiring, yeah. uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm easy to find. I'm a lot less whiny when I'm working. Hey, I hear, uh, you know, I, I am here. Costco pays very well and has good benefits. You got it in at Costco. Hmm. Maybe go work I, at Costco. I do have it in at Costco. I'm not above any job. I no, just, I, I know. I'm just saying that's, it's funny because sometimes there's some teachers at school that go, I should just quit this and go to Costco because the pay is about the same and the benefits are really good and, <laughs> and I don't have to deal with the kids. And I'm like, oh, all right. Oh, my blood sugar is super low. Why is it super low? I don't it's been know. high all day. Let me grab a glucose tablet. Yeah, you better get, a, then... get yourself a glucose tablet. You're all stressed out. I'll take a blood breath. Blood sugar just dropping. Well, then I want to hear why you hate people because yours oh, is probably funnier. I well, I don't know. It's There's there's a go get your glucose. I don't want you to pass right, out. Right, go get your on, glucose tablet. We'll hold, hold uh, we'll hold everything. While you're gone, I'll, I'll make this. This is kind of an exciting uh, announcement. Cody teased it at the beginning. Uh, as you guys know, I've been, uh, you know, I've been, I don't know, off at WTMJ for a while doing, uh, before the pandemic, I was there all the time. Then I wa- wasn't, then I was recently, then I wasn't, and uh, no, uh, you know, not throwing shade on anybody, but Looks like for the foreseeable future, I will be holding down the uh, the WTMJ night spot. So any night this month, and uh, I'll know more tomorrow. But uh, I will be uh, covering WTMJ nights starting at six. Some nights going to nine. Some nights going to eight. When there's sports, it's like the old uh, the old sports night slot at uh, the other place where we were bumped because the WTMJ carries the Bucks. And the Brewers, and or yeah, the Bucks and the Brewers. So there's a lot of sports, but it's fun. So the nights I'm not there, or they're not there uh, for the foreseeable future, I will be there. So that is uh, that is good. This week I was on just before we came on here, and I'll be on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So uh, Cody and Craig, be ready to get uh, hit up to be guests. As uh, Cody joined me while Craig was being an expat. Visiting his in-laws down in Mexico, but um, you know, so that'll be fun. So listen if you can. You can always listen live. They do podcast the show, and uh, it's on Apple Podcasts too, and on TMJ. So it's everywhere. So it'll be uh, it'll be fun. It's not going to be the daytime shows. I'm not going to do tons of politics and stuff, but uh, there'll be some news things, and there'll just be well, you know what we do. We just have a good time. Talk about all kind of crazy stuff. One of the topics tonight was about a. Uh, Six foot, 300 pound pink phallus that somebody is trying to get uh, displayed in Fort Lauderdale because he says uh, that it's his religion 
the Shinto Feast of the Steel Phallus. So we'll That's see. Shinto? Well, according to him. According to this atheist down in Fort Lauderdale. I mean, look. Shinto. Wait. I, th I threw out the story. Uh-oh. Right. Hold on. Gidget is whining at the door. Why am I Googling Shinto Phallus? I don't know why you're Googling anything. Yeah, I should probably stop doing that. Well, hey, uh, thanks for the, uh, the the shout out. Eric in the chat saying, Cody, wishing the best for Maine. I appreciate that. My aunt has some cabins up in Maine. No idea where. I meant to visit this year, but she closed for the season. So goofy. I got to call her up. Um, and uh, You just come in to critique the podcast. Uh, Very unhappy. Very unhappy. Well, I'll stop whining now. Tell me why you hate. No, uh, oh, listen. You know why I hate people because they suck. Because <laughs> people, but they do. Most people, present company excluded. Uh, mm. People who listen excluded. But uh, well, not not all. Some guy, somebody could have been a woman. Somebody texted me tonight on TMJ because I was railing against uh, Alabama and Mississippi because they celebrate Robert E. Lee Day on the Martin Luther King Day. So I was, uh, you know, railing against them. And somebody's like, stop, get off the mud, the Robert E. Lee. No, and I talked about it literally three minutes, tops. Get off the Robert E. Lee thing, you effing moron. And I was like, oh, boy. Time to go pick up your hood from the cleaners. Uh, so, yeah. So that was, so that, that like, that person sucks. Uh, and people who don't realize that there are other people in the world. Because I'm fine, it, it, and it's really, it, it's bothered me forever. It's really starting to get bad, and today it came to a head uh, where I ended up screaming in Jewel. Because In Jewel? Well, at the exit of Jewel, but in yes. In the Jewel? In the Jewels, I was upset. Because whether it's in the car or in public, people do not care that there are other people in the world. Everybody is so self-absorbed that they are the only human being that they don't care how they inconvenience others. Uh, whether it's in the car and they're texting, so you're sitting behind them at a traffic light or a railroad crossing, and they don't go because they don't care. They don't have anywhere to be. Their lives are empty. And then when you honk at them because you've been sitting for half the green light, then they flip you off and move on. Or the people that are in the grocery store who are on their phone. Phones are the bane of our existence. They're on their phones. And I don't mind if I don't mind if you're walking down the aisle at the store and you're stopping to, to decide what soup you want. That's okay because you pulled your cart, you know, you're you're going with traffic. The people who are really upsetting me are the ones who have now, and I'm seeing this more and more, stop their cart or abandon their cart across the aisle at the ends or across a door. So you can't you you can't get through. And they will not move. So today, so I walk into Jewel today, and I, I ran to the Jewel close to me, which I hate. I hate the Jewel, uh, I'm going to say it, at Narragansett and Grand. I hate it because it's full of imbeciles. Every Except I got recognized there today. So there was one guy besides myself who was not an imbecile. We used to have a – well, this was before you were producing for me. Uh, Lindsay had a friend, Ryan. Ryan Peters, who used to come on all the time and talk about different kinds of things from concerts and different stuff. So today, before I had my meltdown, even though at this point I was still per I was percolating because every aisle I went down, literally somebody was on the phone and had left their cart crossways across the end of the aisle. So I've decided I'm going to start rampaging 
and Mad Maxing these carts. If you've left your cart across the aisle, I'm I'm T-boning it and sending your stuff all over the aisles. I don't care. I'm going to be like one of the road warriors, Hawk and Animal, and I'm going through, or the uh, Bushwhackers. I'm going through Jewel, <laughs> crazy from now on. So I had just had to ask three people to move from the dairy department, and it's not because they were looking for stuff. Again, if somebody's at the at the dairy case and they're trying to decide what milk they want, I'm happy to wait for them to a certain extent. It's milk. You want whole milk, 1%, 2% skim. How much you want? A gallon, a half. It's not a lot of choices. You should know when you go in. But I'll wait for that. But if you just stop in the aisle and are on your phone, I got no patience for you. So I'm percolating. And I start walking down this aisle and I hear, Brian? And I'm like, who the F is calling me <laughs> in the jewel? And I turn to this guy goes, you're Brian Noonan from the radio, right? And I'm like, I said, yes. He goes, oh, I recognize you. I go, that's weird because I wasn't talking. He goes, oh, no, my friend Ryan used to be on your show all the time. And I go, I remember Ryan. Yeah, he goes, and this guy's name was Ryan as well. And I was like, well, it was very nice to meet you. Thanks. And, you know, have a good day. And uh, that was fine. It was nice. But it didn't calm my anger because now I go and this jewel has, as with most department, any kind of store now, they've got a million checkout lines that are not manned by anybody. So the line is going all the way down the frozen food aisle. That didn't bother me so much because I was able to get my stuff. Then I go and I'm checking out at the self-checkout and it's going pretty smooth. So I'm thinking, okay, I can, I'm going to get out of here. This is fine. I go to walk out and there's a woman standing there on her phone blocking the door and I'm like excuse me and she's still talking doesn't really move so Wait, I go to blocking the, the door the door she's standing in the door on like, the phone hold on after the checkout line yes the exit door she's standing in the exit door on the phone with her cart just stopped cart everything is stopped she's at a stop except everything but her conversation was stopped so she's paid for her food correct she has a cart full of groceries. You're correct. She, how old is this woman? I would say 40s. All right. 40s. Uh, and she's so you check out, you're on the phone, brr, 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 you walk in, and then you get Which to the Which is rude door. anyway. Hang up your phone, get your right. business done, get out you, of jewel. You get to the door of the jewel, and it does it open? Is it already open? Yes, because there's the first door. Mm -hmm. They get you out into like the vestibule where all the carts are sitting. Mm -hmm. And then there's the door to freedom. Like I was like uh, Andy Dufresne crawling through the tunnel of crap. And I finally saw the light to get out. And there was this woman just standing there. And she, she, when I said, excuse me, she turned, she saw me coming and she started to go, but then she stopped again. And now I got to stop. And some other woman slams her cart into me. What? And I go, God damn it. <laughs> and I turn around. And this is a woman who's laying over the cart, you know, like, uh, like she doesn't have a spine. Like, uh, you know, she's a, a blob that went shopping. And she's like, I'm so sorry. And I was out of my mind. So now the uh, 
I swing around this other woman who's still on the phone and I'm like, God damn it, get out of the doorway. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm all the way down to my car. I'm I'm bitching up a storm. I'm out of my mind. People thought probably thought I was insane. But I've been going to physical therapy and occupational therapy for my ankle for months. Because a long story, but a, right. an Achilles issue. But so to get slammed in my heel by some asshole with a cart who wasn't paying attention. Whoo, man. I was, I was hot when I got home. Wow. And Debbie was off today. Well, Debbie was home today. She was supposed to be off, but, uh, she's been working for nine hours on a federal holiday. So, uh. <laughs> but I came in and Debbie could see, she just, she's like, what happened? And I go, I can't go to this jewel. I'm going off, going off, going off. She's like, oh, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that that was, that's why I hate people. Uh, that's, oh, boy. <sighs> and I can't, that jewel, every time, it's the closest jewel. It takes me like three minutes to get there. How, and it's always awful. When was, what day was this? This morning, this oh, afternoon, rather. It Mondays. was today. Mondays are never a good time to go to the grocery store. Well, I, I'm no, victim blaming, Brian. It's your fault. And quite I'm frankly, no days, no days are good to go to the grocery. You're store. also taller, are you not? I'm. You can't miss me. Yeah, asking for it right there. Oh, yeah, I'm asking tall. for it. Why? Because I'm see, tall. Asking for it. Yeah, they could see. You could take it. You could take it, Brian. You could take that cart. In the ankle. That's what everyone's thinking. So, uh, you know, I... Mm. Well, I'm going to use my cart as a Death Race 2000 machine from now on. You block the aisle, I'm I'm going to see you from halfway down the aisle, and I'm going to work up ahead of steam. And I am T-boning everybody. I'm not saying excuse me, because, listen, if you're an adult at the grocery store and you don't know you shouldn't block the aisle, get ready. Get ready. Because I am, uh, I'm the Punisher now. Wow. Jewel is going to have my picture with a red circle around it. I'm going to have to start going to Mariano's. I'm gonna, then I'll have to shop at like Pete's Fresh or wherever. Or I'm just going to have to Amazon grocer all my groceries to the house. Oh, I'll go to Target. You know where I'll go? Trader Joe's. Because people seem friendly there and I like the outfits. Ooh. Okay, so when you say people seem friendly, who do you mean? The people that work the there? The checkout people. Very yeah, the nice. customers, the customers are uppity asses, but uh, the you know, the employees seem friendly. I dated a woman that uh, worked at Trader Joe's. Really? Did yeah. you get a cool Hawaiian shirt out of the deal? No, oh. no, she was hot though. That might be a prereq. It's not a prerequisite. No, because uh, I've had some old ugly dudes checking yeah, out at Trader yeah, that, Joe's. Yeah, that's true. She said, "Fun fact: If you want to try anything in the store, and I haven't fact checked this, so it's a fun." Unfact checked fact, but she said if you want to try anything in the store, you just have to ask and they will open any item and let you try it. Wow. In the Roger, store. I'm gonna try that. Roger said, How fast was I driving going home? Very. I could not get home fast enough. And that's pretty much any time I leave the house now. I can't get home fast enough. So yeah. yeah, Roger's right. He says the aisles of Trader Joe's are smaller. And last time I was, but it was around the holidays when I was there last. So that's not a good, it's always crowded around the house. A lot of, a lot of congestion generally though. 
But uh, yeah, go there. You can All try right, so I can anything. Try. Now, what about frozen stuff? That because we bought Molly's high on a lot of their frozen stuff. She loved. Oh man, she's all about Trader Joe's with the frozens. I, you could ask. You could ask. You can also supposedly return anything you don't like. Is that right? That's what she said. She said like if you open like a bag of almonds or cashews or something, you eat a couple you don't like them, just bring them back. Just be like, I don't like this. And supposedly, according to her. As you know, my very current, I mean, I've been married, I've been with my wife for seven years. So this is probably 10 years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago, at least. Uh, yeah, uh, that's what she told me. So I don't know if they've changed the policy, but I, I guess uh, they are very lax about returns and about exchanges and really? refunds and trying things. I've been very of- happy with most of the stuff we've gotten. In tra- most, it's been a lot of, uh, around the holidays, Molly was talking about, hey, uh, what about these a lot of hors d'oeuvres. We got these uh, Samoans or Samoas, the Indian kind of um, things that I could cook in the air fryer. Oh, they were delicious, very spicy, and a uh, some other some other things that we made uh, at, like Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. What's I now? I want to know what's the Indian Trader Joe's name? It's uh, Samo- Samosas. I think it was Samosas. No, 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 no. But what are the what is the brands? Because uh, if you buy ethnic food at Trader Joe's, the any food they they it says the label's different. So if you buy Italian, it's Trader Giotto's. If you oh. buy Mexican food there, it's Trader Jose's. Um, I want to know what Trader Joe's. What it is just on... says Trader Joe's. I'm looking at it now. Oh, I'm looking at it now too. Samosas. Lame Trader Joe's, you dropped the ball. Chicken tikka samosas. So, yeah, that's what we got. Trader Joe's, they were delicious. All right, All right. Trader uh, Trader Jose's is Mexican food. Baker Josef's is flour and bagels. Really? I, uh, I'm gonna. All right, I'm gonna have to look. Trader Joe's son is uh, Japanese food. Trader Ming's is their Asian food. How do they get away with this? Uh, Trader Jacques is French food and soaps. Uh, Joseph Brown. That's wrong because the French don't use soap. <laughs> I'm still hot. Still hot. Everybody, everybody's in the crosshairs. Don't don't get me upset tonight, Cody. I don't know. I don't know. So hey, well, anyway, their their brand name, their brand names are all just uh uh just ethnic. Names. I'm gonna have to look because I've gotten uh I've gotten a lot of stuff there over the last few weeks. Yeah. But like they're uh, Debbie and Molly got a bag of uh it's everything like an everything bagel but on cashews and almonds. Mm. That's just Trader Joe's. Tammy says you can get cheap wine there. I used to buy two buck chuck. Not I loved it. I loved two buck chuck. The Charles Shaw wine, loved it. Nothing beats the 7-Eleven wine I used to buy with my wife in Lincoln Park. You are a, you've always been a big spender. You're a baller from way back. You uh I think you uh, you invented the baller lifestyle, didn't you? I did. The Menage a Trois, I believe, was twelve dollars a bottle. Pretty top oh, but, shelf. But Menage a Trois is good. Is good wine. I know. And a fun extracurricular. <laughs> I think that would be too much hassle. Quite frankly, I joke about it being a good extracurricular. That'd be too much pressure. Uh, to perform. Just yeah, too many parts. Too many bodies yeah. rolling yeah. around. A lot of fluids. Yeah, I don't mind the fluids. You know. You wake up wa- in the. I got a washing up, machine. You wake up in the morning. You you feel like a newborn with a diaper. You know what I mean? Wow. Well, yeah. But according to your son, it doesn't matter. You walk around as uh, you know. That's a comfortable feeling. 
That's what I'm saying, man. I don't know. Gene says Trader Joe's chili lime seasoning is the best. Oh, that's probably Trader Jose right there. They have a red dragon hot sauce that I use when I make my white chili that is fantastic. Huh. It's a green dragon. It's green. It's a green hot sauce. It's very huh. Yeah. Molly, like I said, Molly's all about Trader Joe's. And I used to think Trader Joe's was really expensive. I don't know why, but it's not. You know, you can get some uh, get some reasonable deals. Women love Trader Joe's. I know. Why is that? Do they feel safer? It's smaller. So maybe they're not as overwhelmed. When I lived in Lincoln Park, it was just like I was the only person there not wearing yoga pants every time. Every time. No wonder you shopped every day for six hours. <laughs> it always, I never, I was like, that seems like a long time to be in the grocery store. Seven hours. Seven hours. Day, wow. Actually. Yeah. Wow. That's when you had to wear those steel underpants. Yeah, there was a little ROI on that, though, if you know what I mean. Oh, oh, <laughs> no, can I don't. I put Explain that on my B two B writing resume because uh, I'm gonna. Because right. I used I hope, ROI. I hope it helps. I used ROI in a podcast. There we go. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's why I hate people. All right, because I have to leave the house. Is that why you have bad dreams about? No, dude, uh, this dream. Where's the bell? This drip, man. Oh, I gotta remember to get those out. It's in the it's in the the cupboard. Um, all right. I had a dream and your son was involved. Uh oh. Not in a not in. A, all right. So here here's the deal. I don't know why your son and I were at the mall, and I don't know what mall it was, but your son and I are at the mall, and I'm holding his hand as we're walking out to the car, and we had stopped to get something because I was ho also holding a bag in the same hand. And I had, it was my left hand. I had the bag and I had your son's hand. And we were walking out to the car and we were talking about whatever. Probably trucks and cars and stories and milk. Mm. Uh, and all of a sudden I looked down and he wasn't there. And I didn't know where he was. And I panicked. And because we were babysitting. Well, I And I had him. I was alone. I didn't have Debbie with me. And he was gone. So I start going around but i i'm embarrassed and i'm scared and i'm walking around the mall looking for him and i'm going everywhere and i can't find him so the solution to this is i need to find vision from the avengers okay because <laughs> vision will help me find him because right. i don't want to tell i don't want to tell debbie and i definitely don't want to tell you and your bride that i've lost your son right. so my only hope is to get an avenger involved right uh, and at first I can't find him and I don't know how I got a hold of him and found vision, but he wasn't helping me too much either. And so I'm still walking around the mall and all of a sudden you and your wife are at the mall and I'm trying to dodge you because I don't want you to see me because you know, I'm supposed to have your son with me and I don't have him. And now I can't find I can't find him with the help of, you know, the all-knowing vision. So I'm SOL. Oh, you found vision. I, I found, but it wasn't helping me. And I don't know. And it was like I was trying to convince him to help me. There was a lot. Of, I, I don't know what vision's deal was. But I know I'm still just, and I didn't contact, like, I didn't contact security at the mall or the police. I was just walking the mall by myself trying to backtrack to everywhere that I had been with your son. But the last place I saw him was at the end of my arm in the parking lot. Yeah. And then I saw you guys 
And everywhere I went, you two were like there. So I'm diving behind things and I'm running up the escalator just so you and your wife don't see me without your son. Wait, you were diving behind things? Yes. To right, get this is definitely a dream. <laughs> well, first off, it's a dream because I would never lose your son. <laughs> Secondly, I would have gone to Captain America if this was not a dream. True. That's obvious. True. So, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of places where the oh yeah, this is a real dream or really a dream is there. Mm -hmm. So, but then I woke up. So I didn't and it bothered me the whole day. Oh I'm no. Like, so your son is in the house, in your house, right? I hope so. All right, don't play with me now. So yeah, so that was it it was very unsettling. I was like, how did I lose him? And why didn't Vision help me? And what the hell were you two doing at the mall when I was at the mall? And where was, was this mall? What was anyone doing at a physical mall? I don't know why we were at the mall. See, that's the thing. The whole thing doesn't make sense. And why? And, and you know what I said? I, I do remember at one point saying, I know you don't like strollers because I know you have told me in real life that he doesn't really like his stroller. Mm -hmm. So that played into the dream too. That's why I was walking with him holding his hand but i was holding the and that doesn't make sense i wouldn't hold a bag and a little kid's hand in the same hand that just doesn't make sense you so sure the whole that? thing was well the whole thing was very unsettling but i'm glad he's okay hmm. me too and rest assured i will not take him to the mall because <laughs> one i'm not really sure where a mall is anymore yeah no <laughs> uh me neither um so yes, well, that was that was disturbing. I'm glad that I think it uh, it belies a sense of responsibility that you have. <laughs> you think, and, and that's healthy. I think that's great. Uh, I feel more confident in your babysitting abilities now, uh, and would love to drop it. Even off even with the fact even with the fact that my first thought was to go find a superhero. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's that would have been my first thought too. I probably would go. I would have gone with like probably Iron Man has the tech. Maybe Sp Spider Man. Nah, probably Iron Man. Spider Man is my favorite, but yeah, I don't know. Um, man, I thought that, Vision was a good pick in my dream because he could see everything. He had can all he? the. Well, yeah, because he's Jarvis. Right. So I he's got what, he's hmm. got the same tech, but he's got he can be anywhere. It's does, yeah. Does he have the same tech as Iron Man? He was Jarvis. He was Iron Man's computer system hmm. until Ultron. Yeah. Well, that got real nerdy fast. <laughs> <laughs> We're arguing. No, he's got the same tech. He's more you, advanced. You, we know Craig is not still listening because no, Craig would he would have corrected us. Or uh, he would have he, suggested he's, he's Thor. The ex oh, Thor rules. Thor rules. Thor rules, but Thor would Thor would only be good if you catch a guy and then he beats him to death with the hammer. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Jarvis was Iron Man's father's butler, was he? No, in the original Iron Man, they named the AI system Jarvis. But he may maybe... have been his butler. The person may have been his butler. I'm talking about the uh, the AI tech in the original Iron Man movie that Robert Downey Jr. created. Man. AI tech. That sounds like the kind of thing I saw at CES. Wait a minute. Is that a segue? Oh, <laughs> nice transition, Cody. So look, uh, last week I, I somewhat briefly mentioned that I was at CES, the consumer electronics show in Las Vegas. Yeah. And you told us a little brief, brief uh, run-ins with porn stars. Did I mention that last week? Uh-huh. 
Oh, because you were gonna no, you were gonna, this week you were gonna talk about actual electronics, but I want to hear more about the porn stars. Oh, I don't remember talking about the porn. My plan was just to talk about the porn stars. Well, let's hear it. We can hear. We can hear more. I can always hear more about porn stars. Oh, oh, that's disappointing. I don't. I man, it's been a long week uh, of nothing, of not doing anything. Well, Thank being uh, being emasculated takes a lot out of you, including your memory. That's true. That's true. I'm just making sure my blood sugar is good. You're stupid. I hate to be diabetics annoying. Uh, the <laughs> um, When we last left our hero. So when I arrived at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, I was staying at the Hilton at Resorts World, which is brand new. It opened less than two years ago, and it's just south of Circus Circus. It's pretty much across the street from... The Peppermill Lounge, if you know where that is, on the north uh, end of the Strip, near the Aria and the Wynn. And uh, good time, Treasure Island up there. And uh, when I when I landed there, realized that the AVN Adult Entertainment Expo was at my hotel. There were porn stars everywhere. I seriously considered going on my last day in Vegas. My wife endorsed this plan because of how ludicrous it was. Said, it sounds so silly, you should do it. Decided not to for various reasons. Uh, mostly that the line was really long to get in Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I saw a lot of porn stars uh, uh, walking around the hotel. It was, it was pretty phenomenal. Um, I heard a rumor today that it used to be that during CES, there would be they would bring in tons and tons of prostitutes mm. into Las Vegas because... The, the electronics crowd enjoyed that kind of activity. And then they just decided to hold AVN the same weekend. So now it's always the same or it's See, going I, to be the same. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to always be the same, but it certainly was this year. Yeah. Certainly was this year. Is it yeah, hard man. to spot a porn star? I'm guessing no. Is it hard to what? Spot a porn star in the, in the, in the wild. Cause we can all spot them on the computer. You could even in Las Vegas where everyone is dressed tantalizingly, yeah. you could tell. You could tell. I got a couple kind of surreptitious picker pictures. I took kind of under the radar. They were a little scandalous. You know, like if a woman's wearing thigh-high boots with stilettos that are six inches yeah. and a thong, slower. Right, you're like, you're like, okay, that's probably a porn star if she's wearing a schoolgirl outfit and everyone else, no one else is, right? Like you kind of <laughs> stick out. Um, you know, a lot of sequins and just like super busty. Like you, you can, there's some, you could Now, tell. let me ask this. Are they tiny? I'm guessing a lot of them are very tiny because the, you know, they're wearing these giant shoes and things, but I'm, I, I have a feeling that the women are small. No, there was one that was like my height. Really? Well, they're all shapes and sizes. There was a woman that was <laughs> as wide as she is tall uh, and I literally, literally her, uh, she was like, they were the size of basketballs. I'm not even really? exaggerating at all. I I'm, I you think I'm being hyperbolic. No, I don't actually I, not I, exaggerating. I really don't. And I was like, I've never seen someone with those proportions. So lots of shapes and sizes. I would have loved that had you been able to go in and then compare the exhibit floor from CES to the AVN. That would I I would have loved I would have loved to hear the difference. Well, I went to the Apple booth and I saw them doing this, and then I went to 
the Brazzers booth, and there was a lot of stuff going on there that I can't even describe. So actually, at CES, uh, I was uh, I was with a, a colleague, uh, and we were we had some time to. I met up with somebody when we were there on site that happened to be at CES. We're walking around, and, and this person I was with was like, "I want to see the sex stuff." And I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, I, I didn't think they did sex stuff at CES. And she was, and she was like, oh yeah, they do. And I was like, okay. So oh, I was lady. like, I don't, I don't know where the sex stuff is. The sex tech, the sex tech. Uh, so I was like, let's, I was like, I'm, I'm down. Let's go to the information desk and ask. So we literally go and she's just like, yeah. Please so tell me she asked that way. Oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. No, she goes, so uh, I'm looking for the sex stuff. And this woman, probably in her late 50s, early 60s, she immediately, without missing a beat, goes, oh, I just came from there. <laughs> I love I can, this already. She goes, I can show you where it is. Come on. And we just followed her. And in the very back of one of the main hall, the, the hall where I was moderating panels about AI and like the uh -huh. metaverse, we went to the back of the hall and there were like four little like CES sex vendors. Um, it's actually... Where we found adjacent to that is where they had a lot of health and because it's in health and wellness, sure, right? Yeah. So one of the health and wellness I talked to you about on the radio with the patch that you can put on a woman oh, to yeah. tell how much breast milk a, a baby has had. Really cool tech. Really that like I told my wife and she was just like, oh my God, I wish we had that. Um, so, uh, but no, there were like three or four little, little like sex booths. What were they selling? There was well, they weren't saying anything. There was a weird, there was a weird thing from Israel. There's this Israeli company, and they have this patch. I guess it's theoretically disposable, but like Ooh. I don't know. It's electronic. And it's probably about the size of like I have a uh, I have a microfiber cloth for yes. cleaning my glasses. So if I fold it in half twice, like that kind of square, probably about that size. Okay. Oh probably a little bigger than a quarter, maybe. Yeah, a little, or no, more, no, more like a, uh, more like a kind of half dollar, a half dollar, okay, Bitcoin maybe, or, okay. or a dollar a coin. Let's say like uh, two inches by two inches or so, and it was electronic. Now I did not test this sexually because that was not possible. That's unfortunate. But I'm like, what is this? And it's supposed <laughs> to be, it's a patch, and it uses. I don't remember the technology, but it uses some kind of like magnetic vibrational like infrawave technology or something and you're supposed to put and i put it on the palm of my hand and i put it on and you press a little on button it's just like a little plastic kind of patch so just put it there press on and it kind of started kind of vibrate like pulsating and immediately the whole right side of my hand felt like it had fallen asleep really yeah like immediately. And then when she pressed the button again to stop it, it immediately woke back up. Like it just felt like it went away. The feeling went away. It's very bizarre. But uh, but this company, they're they're trying to get it distributed in Israel and then it'll be ready in the US at some point. And then uh, they say that you would apply it to your uh, private parts region. You put it in a certain area. And I guess it has that same kind of effect on parts of your body. Like a numbing it, effect? Like a kind of a numb, but they say it's not a numbing effect. They're very careful to say like, it's not a numbing effect because you'll still get sensations. It just will kind of like. Is it to help men last? Yes. Is, it is okay. to help men last like four to eight times longer or something Holy like that. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you put two on you, eight to 16 times longer and exponentially from there. 
Yeah. Hey, so uh, it, uh, so uh, top story, Israeli scientists are using some yeah. weird microwave technology that you can put on your junk to make you last longer. There we go. Sounds look, safe. Look for that in stores. Check it All out. Right, so your... we've got it is it is really wang patch. Uh, <laughs> what were the other? Because I love that this woman wanted to see the sex stuff. So how would how did she react to that one? Did she like it? Your colleague? Um, I don't know if she actually looked at it. She went over to another booth while I was looking at that. Um, that was, there was that, there was one other uh, booth next door that had basically just sex toys. And it, it yeah. was like, oh, sex toys for your health. Like this one will help you do this. It, it, it was, it was like, it was just uh -huh. sex toys. And then there was another one that was uh, like a stamina trainer for men. And it has an app that, so it it's like a sleeve that a man would use sure, sure. Uh, and it comes with it. Well, you get an app that is powered by AI, Brian. It's powered AC? by AI. You know how I feel about the AI. So it's powered by AI and it uses AI <laughs> and you use training programs on it and it helps you train uh -huh. your stamina using AI and medical science. And uh, uh -huh. I, I don't really know uh, much more about it. I know it's like two hundred fifty to three hundred dollars, depending on the exchange rate, because it's British. But uh, <laughs> that's another thing. So, yeah, I mean, you it's you know, a few years ago at CES, there was a um, piece of sexual technology that was for women, and it was designed for, specifically for women's sexual health or pleasure. Sure, yeah. Who remembers? But it was like kind Who of banned. It was like banned from the show floor or they like revoked an award because it was sexual or something like that. Holy but cow. that was woman focused. And so there was a big hubbub because it was like, oh, it's kind of a double standard. Like, oh, yes. if this was for men, which is 99% of CES attendees that aren't media, like if this was for men, clearly like it would have been fine. But like since it's so I didn't think they even had I thought they just like banned all sex stuff altogether after that. But I guess not. So. I bet all. I bet there was some sex text at the other one, at AVN. I bet there was. Oh, I bet man. there was a lot of, lot of things that were vibrating and numbing and buzzing and throbbing and just craziness. Because now you can get that. So I, I thought it was a right wing talking point that you could get stuff like that at Walmart and Target. It's not. It's true. It's not. No, you can go into Walmart and uh, yeah, you can get a number of things in the pharmacy section just on the shelf. And I was like, Oh, that's hmm, okay. You know, I mean, you, you can at CVS or Walgreens. Yeah. Things that they always have and, that. Yeah. That so, stuff. God bless them. All right. You said you watched a movie. We want Cody's Cody's vintage movie review. I watched gremlins two. All right. Have you seen gremlins two? I, I don't believe so. I know years and years ago, I saw gremlins one. All right, so you'll have to look up the year. I wanted to show Gremlins. Gremlins 2, the new batch. Yeah. Here's the thing about Gremlins 2, about Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Gremlins is a rated PG, um, kind of a horror movie, but- A little bit, yeah. Like a PG horror movie with right. scary little Gremlins. Um, cute little premise. Steven Spielberg, did I mention that? Takes oh. place at Christmas time, so it's kind of unofficially a Christmas movie. Right. I weirdly hear it talked about less than Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Um, 
despite Christmas being a bigger deal in Gremlins, but whatever. So Gremlins is a good movie. So I showed it to my wife a few years ago. It's, it's, it's a great movie. The thing about Gremlins 2 is Gremlins 2 is essentially a parody of Gremlins 1. Uh, it, it shatters the fourth wall. It totally breaks the fourth wall. At one point, there's... Um, so it takes place in this like skyscraper in New York City with all these different companies in it, including okay. like a broadcast company, a genetics company, uh, all these <laughs> stores, like a little mall, all this different stuff. And at one point, there's a uh, there's a broadcast going on with a movie reviewer who reviews the movie Gremlins in the actual movie. <laughs> all right. <laughs> And the, the, the whole th shtick with the gremlins is they just cause mischief, right? Like, they, they don't necessarily, like, murder you, but they'll, like, you know, give you a wedgie or, you know, like, break stuff or throw pudding on people or, like, throw food around. <laughs> well, okay. there's one point where the movie glitches out and, like, the film burns out and the gremlins, like, they make it look like the gremlins, like, tore the film out of the projector at the movie theater and they come out of the movie and then they just like cut back to the film. And then this guy is reviewing the movie. Like, it's amazing. It's amazing. Wow. Um, <laughs> anyway, I didn't know if my wife would love it because it's so like kitschy and just like weird, but she loved it. We had a great time. Gremlins, I would strongly recommend watch Gremlins and then watch Gremlins too because it's the, it's the only example I can think of. And you, Brian, you tell me if you can think of any other ones where like the genre of movie effectively changes from the original to the sequel. Cause it goes from like comedy horror to like comedy horror spoof. And it's like such a satire. It, it's just like, it's like almost a different genre entirely. And I, I can't think of that really. The only, the only thing I can think of that could compare to that kind of is the lethal weapon franchise. Okay. Because lethal what the first lethal weapon, why I loved it is it had an edge. Uh Mel Gibson's character was insane and dangerous. And it was very there was no real comedy in it. It was it was a straight up action, a couple funny lines here and there. But then as the series went on, it became more and more slapsticky and you know, they put Joe Pesci in it and all the subsequent ones had action. But there was they also decided to take this guy who in the first installment they had set up as a, you know, a former uh, military assassin who had mental problems and was suicidal and blah, blah, blah. And that all kind of went away. And now he was just this goofy clown who, you know, was silly, crazy, not like, holy crap, this guy might kill me or himself crazy yeah. from the first one. So that's the only thing I can think of that compares kind of to what you're saying yeah and that's why i find it interesting and you know we're film people so yeah uh, I'd have I, to, I, would, I have to watch the first one again because i if i were going to watch the second yeah because i haven't yeah i boy i all i remember was don't feed them after midnight and don't get them wet that's all right. i remember about right. the original gremlins right because that was 84 when the original one came out i was that long with me yes Speaking of movies. Oh, wait, real quick. Oh, also, go ahead, finish. Yes. Also, Gremlins 2 has Christopher Lee. <laughs> All right. Which, just like, Too Christopher creepy. Lee, he shows up and my wife goes, is that Saruman? 
<laughs> I'm like, yes. You bet it is. They backed a dump truck of money up to his house. They got him in Gremlins too. Actually, what my wife said was he was in a ton of B horror movies mm -hmm. early in his career. I didn't know that. Did you know that? I didn't, but it makes sense. I know I've seen him in some creepy stuff. So maybe that's where he got his start before he like became more of a seriously take like he became freaking Saruman in like Lord of the Rings. And yeah, he's but like, that's you know. He was in Dracula in 1958. Uh, the Man with the Golden Gun, Attack of the Clones. He was in a ton of movies. Guy was guy worked all the time. Yeah, Dracula in 1970, Dracula Prince of Darkness in 66, The Mummy in 59. Uh, he was in The Man with the Golden Gun, James Bond. He was in Dracula in 58. So, yeah, he did a lot of horror movies. Gremlins 2, there it is. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, he was in... Dracula AD in 72, Dracula has risen from the grave in 68, Satanic Rites of Dracula in 1973, he loved being Dracula, Scars of Dracula in 1970, Horror Express, Taste of Blood of Dracula, The Devil and Her Daughter, uh, Hound of the Baskervilles, The Devil Rides Out, Horror Hotel, he was in the original Gremlins too. Was it really? Yep. Rasputin the Mad Monk. Dark Shadows. Oh, yeah, he was crazy. He was in the Gorgon. Torture Chamber of Dr. Uh, this says Blood of the Virgins. <laughs> the House That Dripped Blood. The Blood of Fu Manchu. Dr. Terror's House of... What is this? This was 65. Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. Oh, yeah, he was all horror movies. Okay. <laughs> so don't, don't be, like, shocked that he... How would he do that? Because... I would be more shocked that he made it into the Lord of the Rings movies. Right. The Castle of Fu Manchu. Ah, yeah. Do you know he had this kind of background? No, I didn't pay that much attention. I mean, I could rec I would recognize him and I, I knew who he was, but no, I didn't know his entire catalog of cheesy horror movies back in the 60s and 70s. But the guy uh, worked. He worked all the time. Well, uh, I hate to spoil it for the people that are going to go watch Gremlins 2, but for those who aren't, I just have to say, his, his the character's name in Gremlins 2 is Dr. Catheter. <laughs> it's just so stupid. It's so good. It's it's a genuinely funny, charming, stupid right. movie. Like, like Now, I how think does that get on your playlist for the night? How does that pop into your head to go, hey, you know what we should watch, honey? Little Gremlins deuce. Well, we, so we have a little baby that loves to be awake the minute my toddler goes to bed. Oh, really? So we don't really do what I would call a date night ever. Uh, so we've been going more into comedies lately. And right now we're watching, we're on, we just got to season three of Silicon Valley. Hilarious. Oh my God. I've watched the whole series twice. Really? Hilarious, yes. Hilarious. Uh, I can't remember that we just watched the episode where they come up with the acronym for saying something nice. Uh, Angla? I, uh, I don't remember. They're saying nice things about Richard, and then they're like, we got to get a code word that we can just use to say like all the nice things about him, and it's, uh, it's an acronym. Or it's not even an acronym. It's just, it doesn't matter. There's a funny inside joke that my wife and I are trying to remember. It's a great show. 
It is a great show. It was hilarious. Just and the fact that it's basically the same show every season. They get close, and then something horrible happens. And you know, T.J. Miller is still in it while you're season three. Which one's T.J. Miller? T.J. Miller is um, oh, what's his name? The guy who owns the house. Bachman. Yeah. Yes, Ehrlich Bachman. Ehrlich Bachman has to be in the whole thing, right? No. Because there was a big, this is not a spoiler for the, the show. This is real life. He got fired for uh, sexual improprieties. Oh, no. But I will say it goes on, it goes on well without him. I didn't okay. think it would. Uh, have they built the Palapa yet in the backyard? No. All right. No, they just got the CEO of a company. Okay. They, they just got the the really successful CEO. So oh, so they have have they dealt with the uh, that horrible billionaire with the dose? Uh, oh, yeah, the, the trace commas. Trace commas. Yes. Yes. Trace commas, uh, yes <laughs> and at first, at first, my wife and I were like, "Oh, I'm Ehrlich Bachman," but then they were like, "No, I'm that guy." Yeah. I'm, I'm the Trace Commas guy. Trace Commas guy. Yeah. And he he comes through the whole series. And just when you think he's gone, he may make a comeback. Oh, uh, Trace Commas. Yeah. I, I love that show. It's so good. The show is so good. It's so, so funny. I'm excited about an announcement I saw today that uh, they are remaking Roadhouse what? with Conor McGregor and Jake Gyllenhaal. Shut up. Really? Yep. It is a reimagining. So I don't, it didn't say who McGregor is playing, but there were some shots from the set and Jake Gyllenhaal is Jim James Dalton or something like in the original Patrick Swayze, he didn't have a first name. He was just Dalton, but this is a reimagining of roadhouse and Colin McGregor is in it. That's amazing. Yeah. Is, is Conor McGregor retired or I don't know. I don't know what Conor McGregor's deal is. No, he's selling whiskey and he's mouthing off, and now he's an actor. Hmm. So, you know, I can't wait. I love I as as bad a movie as it is. I'll watch Roadhouse all the time if it's on. I'll watch it. I'll watch to the point where uh, Dalton rips a guy's throat out down at the river, and uh, Kelly Lynch sees him and freaks out after they've been having sex out on the roof of the barn that he's renting. Wow. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll be nice till it's time to not be nice. Because I'll be honest, I was a I was you know I was a bouncer for a number of years, uh, and I never had any of those. I did have other bouncers who were you know like the one guy was uh, having relations with somebody in the back. I there were bouncers who were doing that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but uh, nobody ever walked in with a razor in their boot and uh, tried to kick somebody's throat. So that never happened. And well, there was some gunplay, but yeah. Like kinky gunplay or no, like a guy pointed a gun at my face gunplay. Oh, I haven't told you that story ever. No. Oh my god, yeah. That was I've I've lived a life, Cody. I've you know people think I'm a man of privilege and means, but I've been on the mean streets. I know, I know. Yeah. You did stand up. That's like the I've, meanest street. I did a show the other night for 21 radiologists. How was uh, it? Well. They get it was at Joe's uh, Sea Prime uh, and Sea Joe's Seafood on Grand downtown. Oh, they nice. fed us, so that was nice. Nice little fillet, Caesar salad, little key lime pie. 
That was nice. Uh, and the woman who opened the show was very funny. Very funny woman. Uh, I went up there a little hot. And uh, what does that mean? I, I just, I was a little aggressive, I think, at first. A little more aggressive than I should have been. Not angry aggressive, just coming at them hard. Mm -hmm. And within the first three minutes, I knew this approach was not going to work. So I just then turned to 28 minutes of crowd work and worked the room, worked over every doctor, ended up getting the ball. I didn't know this one guy was the boss, and I was ripping on him, and then somebody goes, we all work for him. And then it, then he was just the butt of everything, and they were howling. <laughs> By the, you know... I made, you know, I was able to pivot right away. And then by the end, they probably forgot those first couple minutes because it was just, I hammered everybody, everybody. And That's it was, awesome. So that, that worked out well, but yeah, I had a gun pointed at me when I was bouncing by a kid who, uh, later that night shot somebody that he had been in a beef with at the club we worked at. And so the next day the cops were there questioning me and all kinds of stuff. And the, the place I worked may or may not have been mobbed up you know uh there were a number of times that uh, we were told certain people were coming in there was going to be a meeting upstairs we were not to let anybody upstairs uh the guy who worked the front door and took the money was always strapped so it was not uh, you know but yeah and my brother the weird thing about the night the kid pointed the gun at me i i hadn't even really started like I was, I was in control of the situation, getting people out of the club. And one of the other idiots uh, yelled something racist, one of the other bouncers and that escalated things, but I got everybody out and it was fine. And then the guy who would yell that stuff stayed on the porch and I'm in the parking lot trying to break up a fight. And that's when the gun came out and all of a sudden the crowd disperses and it's me and the kid and he's pointing a gun right at my face. And my brother, Dennis, is in the car waiting to pick me up to take me home after work. And he sees the whole thing. And I don't know why, but I just I just stopped and I put my hands up. I'm like, man, we don't have a problem. And he backed away and he got on the back. His buddy came around. He got on the back of the, the guy's motorcycle. They took off. And, uh, and I get in the car and I'm you know, I'm shaking now because now the reality has set in. So now I'm panicked. And Dennis is like, oh, man, you looked so cool when that kid was pointing that gun at you. You didn't even flinch. You just stood there. And I was like, yeah, good. Because inside every, every muscle in my body had tightened up. And I was like, oh, man, this is it. You know, it wasn't I wasn't being Mr. Tough Guy. I was just like, hey, what's up, buddy? Let's not uh, let's not kill me tonight that would not be good so yeah my my experience bouncing was nothing like roadhouse yikes yeah i did have a guy with a monster truck though drive through a car dealership across the street that's normal yeah that happens hmm. so that i got that that was fine uh but yeah that was that so all right well listen i think we've uh, i think we've covered a lot we have happy MLK Day. Remember yes. that he was a radical and a socialist, and that is something the government wants you to forget. Wait a minute. I saw a lot of Republican uh, uh, politicians quoting Dr. Martin Luther King today. Oh, yeah? Are you saying they may, may have 
misunderstood what uh, Dr. King was actually saying? They probably left out a couple bits, but yeah, uh, mm. MLK was a, and I am not saying this to cast aspersion. What does that mean? What happened? You've been using that phrase for years. Cast aspersions? Aspersion, and it's hack on the reputation or integrity of someone or yeah. something. You've been using that phrase for 15 years with me, and I've never yeah. known what it means. Well, now you do, uh, so use it. I mean, I figured that out from context, but that's because of I'm a really smart person that can figure things out. And How long have you been a smart person? At least eight years? Oh, seven. Ooh, sorry. Call me in a year. Okay. Um, uh, no, uh, I'm not saying these are bad things. He was a socialist and a radical, and that is something the U.S. government doesn't want you to remember. Uh, but happy MLK well, yeah, day nonetheless. The, the FBI investigated him nonstop. They had him locked up. Yeah. Yeah. He was the Bernie Sanders of MLKs. Well, I think he may have had a little bigger impact. He was the MLK of MLKs. Bernie Sanders. Yeah. He was there. Have uh, you ever been to Memphis to uh, the Lorraine Hotel? No. The Civil I Rights Museum? I didn't know that was where Memphis was. Yeah. Memphis is in Tennessee. That's what I said. You're the only Tennessee. Got him. The Lorraine Hotel is where uh, he was assassinated, and they—it's been the Civil Rights Museum for a long time, mm. and it's a—it's wonderful. If you're ever like when you're uh, when your children are grown and you want to teach them about the uh, the history of the world, history, and go to you know you go to Memphis, you have some barbecue, you listen to some great blues music, and you take them to the uh, to the Civil Rights Museum. It is uh, eye opening. It's. It's really tough to walk through. And you're actually outside the room. You're on the balcony. You know that famous picture when yeah. Jesse Jackson's on the balcony? You're outside that room. Oh. The first time I went, you got to walk through the adjoining room, and they had a glass partition where you would see into the room that Dr. King was in. Hmm. But now they've now they've done it so you just you walk along the outside and you see the room. And then they that that museum was great and that's how the tour used to end but then across the street in the boarding house where um oh man what's the guy who shot dr martin luther king lee harvey oswald no that's kennedy Is also it? also Damn. three names uh oh i can't believe it so the the boarding house where he did it he turned that into another part of a museum uh, James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray. That's it. So, so they've got the boarding house now turned into a second part of the museum, and that's that's not quite as it's too much like timeline information. You'd have to be there for days and days, but you do see the you do see the room where he shot from and stuff. But the the if you ever get anybody, if you get a chance, if you're in Memphis. Go to the Civil Rights Museum. It is very, very, it's well done. It is eye-opening. It's very sad. And, uh, you know, it is definitely a piece of history because that's where he gave his final speech in Memphis before uh, before he was assassinated. All right, on that happy note, Cody's already left. Oh, no, you're back. Hi, how are you? Just hanging out. Just hanging out. All right, well, I got school in the morning, mm. so... Oh, you got to go to bed. Yeah, man, this is good. Uh, I'm in a better mood than I was before. I'm glad. It seemed when uh, before we started, I asked how you were and you said miserable and I felt bad. I don't want you to be miserable, but I understand you being uh, frustrated, you know, with your current situation. But that will change. Yeah. You know, so everything will be fine. 
Thank you. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. And uh, someone in the chat, uh, Jeannie, thank you for chiming in. Took five months to find her job and she loves it. Uh, yeah, again, three months tomorrow that I'll be unemployed. It's the longest I've been on the job market since I graduated college. So uh, it's unnerving. And I, I you know, I know people got to be patient. And statistically, it should actually take me another month or two probably to find a job. But I'm not used to it, right? Like, right. usually I find something real quick because I'm really good. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but um, you know, and it'll be fine. And I'm fine financially. I had a gig at CES. I got a couple other gigs. Like, I'm I'm fine. But... I want to be, you know, provide for my family. So all that. But no, I don't blame you, you know, but you'll be fine. Yeah. You got your, next, you got yeah. your, you know, every, everything's going to, and it's easy to say everything's going to be fine, but things usually, things usually turn out okay. Yes. You know, for you, yeah. you've been, you've been fortunate because you've worked hard and you've put yourself in the right, uh, in the right place and it'll come. Sometimes at the right time. Right. Back Sometimes you, at the Brian. wrong time. Who knows? Back, back to you, Brian. All right. Well, thank you for uh, being here. Thanks for all the comments tonight, everybody. We appreciate those. Uh, tell your friends the podcast is up. It is running. Hopefully, I'm going to try to get uh, Craig to join us uh, next week for a little bit because, uh, you know, Craig did a yeoman's job when Cody was off and he was, uh, we had a lot of fun. So hopefully, Craig will drop in from time to time. We'll, uh, we'll put out that invitation to get Craig him rules. on. Craig rules. He does. He's very, very good. And hopefully now he's back to just his regular show, which which eases up his time a little bit. Because when he was helping me out while you were gone, he he was working. He's working a lot, nonstop. So now I get to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, now I get to work nods. You know, come home from one job, work another. It's it's excellent. I haven't done it in a while. But I'm that's all Mardi guys, Gras money. I'm giving you guys all my job karma. I'll yeah, just stop working. You guys each work like just all the time. That's fine. I, you know, I need a little run of that. I gotta, I gotta build up. Uh, you know, I got throws to buy. I got beers to buy in Mar and uh, Mardi Gras king cakes. I got a lot going on. It's only five right. weeks. Five weeks till the Gras. Damn, son. Yeah, boy, son. Yeah, could be all Saint Charles smoking cigars, drinking brews, hanging with the ladies. So thank word, you. Tell your friends. Word we'll be life. Back. Talk to you next week, Cody. Word life. Bye. Bye. Bye.